What is your passion level for God? Does it equal his passion for us? There is usually a difference in the way we love God and the way he loves us. He is 100% devoted to see us have an abundant life, and we are dedicated to him. But there's a difference between being devoted and being dedicated. Currently rocking in the school of life. He is here talking about stuff and whatever's going on in his brain. You know it is 100% Bridget! All right, here I am. It's me talking about living life and loving Jesus. So <laughs> if you missed me the past couple of weeks, um, a couple of couple of things happened. I had to take care of some life situations, and me and my wife celebrated 33 years of marriage. So we went and spent some time with ourselves and hung out together and continued to make that marriage happen. Oh, yeah. And I love my wife a lot, so I want to make sure that she is taken care of as best as possible and we went and had a great weekend in in one of the happiest places on earth <laughs> and that was it and then we capped it off with church so hey you know you, you go spend some time at at a great amusement park for for a couple of days and then you go to church right afterwards and that's the that's one of the greatest things you can do in life my wife loves every minute of it so it was awesome so i just want to thank you for for grabbing hold and listening to 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 100 richard and and uh, being dedicated to the channel and speaking about the channel if you want to help out the channel there's some links down in the description go down there and you can you can purchase merchandise some of my designs like the one behind me right there um, and you can also go to wildbull.shop. That, that, that's the place that I go to take care of my beard. I, I use the beard oil, the, the beard butter. I use the beard wash. I use everything. I even got this t-shirt there. So you want to go check that stuff out. And if you go to wildbull.shop, make sure to use the coupon code wildbull100 and get 15% off your total purchase. So make sure to go hang out there, check that stuff out, and let's get rolling. <laughs> Actually, I wanted to say a, a quick shout out to Generations Church. Um, I had the opportunity to speak this last Sunday at their at the Hemet location, which is the, the actually the location that I'm a part of. I run production there, and uh, just to, to have an opportunity to speak live after several years of not doing that, I think it was awesome, and I think God moved, and, and it was it was a good day. So I just want to thank Generations Church for the opportunity to do that and trusting me with the Word of God. <laughs> All right, so I'm just going to get into this. If you listen to the intro, I'm going to be talking about uh, being dedicated. And, and being devoted. And it, th th there is a difference between the two things. One may be dedicated to something, but dedication is only for a given period of time and may be stopped or continued when that time is reached. It's not a state of permanence. Circumstances may change and one dedication may be less or may be withdrawn. And uh, devotion is a state of permanence not influenced by either circumstance or time. So when you're devoted to something, you're going to be devoted for that to that thing for life, like the NWO. <laughs> okay, well, uh, you have to get that one if you're a wrestling fan. <laughs> and it's funny because 
we can say we're dedicated to a cause or to something that will make a difference, but only for as long as it suits our needs. I think that's kind of interesting. When, when we're devoted to a cause, we will risk our life for that cause. And that is the passion that God has for each and every one of us. You see, we dedicate, he devotes. Now, we, we, we could be dedicated to our favorite sports team. I've been a Raider fan for a whole lot of years. One of the reasons why I like to wear black. No, that's I just like to wear black because it makes me look thinner. <laughs> but but if, if you're a Raider fan and you were a huge fan of Derek Carr and he went to the Saints, some of us may have switched over to become Saints fans just because of that. So we're dedicated to the team as long as we're dedicated for the time frame that it suits our needs and it suits our comfort zone and it suits the place that we want to be at. Or, or, or maybe we're dedicated to a cause. We give money to something and then we find out that that, that that company or whatever does something weird and we're like, okay, well, we're going to withdraw our money from that. Things like that. So um, where if you're devoted to something, if you're a devoted fan... You, you stick with that team through all of its losses. Raiders fans are a great example of that. Through They, they haven't won. I mean, they've won, but they, they haven't been, you know, a, a playoff Super Bowl team for quite some time. And But they're still Raiders fans, and they still enjoy the game, and they still do whatever, and they're, they're devoted to the team. And that's how God is with us. He actually is devoted to us 100%. He wants to see us thrive. He wants to see us be abundant. He wants to see us... Um, do great things in life. He wants he wants us to have and have an understanding of heaven on earth, and so he devotes. God is so devoted. You got to think of this for a minute that he gave up his son to give us freedom to be part of him, and he still leaves that decision up to us. He's so devoted to us as humans that he actually leaves the the the, the decision to choose him up to us. He doesn't force us to do the thing, to, to receive Christ. He doesn't force us to jump into something. Um, we have to ask the, actually ask for him to come into our lives. I'm going to read some scripture here. So here's some scripture. Are you ready? Here's 2 Corinthians 5, 12 through 21. For we do not um, condemn ourselves again, again to you, but give you opportunity to boast on our behalf that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. Or if we are of sound mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died, and he died for all. That those who live should no longer live for themselves, should no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the world the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So I'm going to do the best I can to explain something because if we can grasp this we might 
it might just change us a little more because of this understanding. God actually gave himself on the cross. So if you, you read those verses, it's on Christ's behalf. He's the one that reconciled us. And then you read that last verse that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So it is through Christ, it's through that decision that we make through Christ because of his death on the cross and his resurrection that we have the opportunity to now be in heaven with him and, and have the opportunity to live a life for Christ and be devoted to him. But we tend to sit at a dedicated level because we don't truly understand some of the stuff that is actually happening here. So, so let me give you some, some context as where I'm going with this. So here's John 1, 1 through 5. And we've probably heard this a thousand times. Um, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things are made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. So here we see at the very beginning that the Word, who is Jesus, when we, when we actually go and break this down and, and look at it, uh, was with God, and the Word was God. So here we see the connection that Jesus is God. So the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things are made through him. So all things are made through God because of Jesus, the connection and the 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 the, the connection and the and the connect yeah the connection of them being both the same person. Now watch this. This is first John chapter five, six through thirteen. This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ not only by water, but by water and blood. It is the spirit who bears witness because the spirit is truth. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. So this is the verse that actually says, this is the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are one. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his Son. He who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. He who does not believe, God has made him a liar because he has not believe the testimony that God has given of his son. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the son of God, Jesus, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the same in the name of the Son of God. See, I want you to pay attention to verses 7 and 8 here. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. The Father, God, the Word, Jesus, and Holy Spirit are one. So there, therefore, God gave himself on the cross, and that is devotion to his people to actually give himself through the the flesh born son through the blood and through the water 
his flesh-born son, so a part of him went to earth and became Jesus, and a part of him was born into the earth through Mary, the blood in the water, and and then was born and then died the blood on the cross for our sins. So so you could you could, you see God God could not stay on the throne to give salvation to the world. He had to do it himself. He did this by sending part of himself to the earth to pay the price for salvation through the form of Jesus. When Jesus completed his work, he sent the Holy Spirit to continue the work through us when we accept him. See, you see, when, when we discover the power behind God, three in one, we will discover that is truly, we, we, we will discover what is truly in us and our dedication will turn to devotion. And, and that's, that's where we have to truly understand when, some, when somebody gives their life for you, you tend to be devoted to that person, thanking that person in, in, in a way, shape, or form, sort of worshiping that person. We, we, we find ourselves really connecting ourselves to that person if that person was willing to give their life. And that's what God did. God was willing to give his own life through a section of himself called Jesus that came to earth so that we could find out who God really is. And it's hard to be devoted when we spend time thinking about why and how or even what when it comes to God. It's hard to be devoted. It's easy to be dedicated to him. It's another thing to be devoted to him, which means that if we're devoted, we want to give our life for him. And what happens is we spend a lot of time overthinking what and who he is and that we don't realize how simple he really is. When we overthink the Trinity, we don't allow the doors to open for all that God has to offer. And and we have to have an understanding of that. And so what I want to do is I want to look at Nicodemus because this dude was a, was a scholar. He was a smart guy. He was a student and he was a teacher. And I want to look at him. He's in the Bible. <laughs> and uh, uh, him and Jesus are having this conversation with each other about something that is pretty simple when we read it. And it's funny because today when we read the Bible, we have the whole Bible to look at. So we can we can see these pictures a lot simpler now compared to when you have to kind of take this moment in time where Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. Nicodemus doesn't have any real context to this moment. He doesn't know, really understand who Jesus is. He doesn't really understand what he's talking about. So he's going to overthink this situation and it, because of it, so and we find out how simple it really is. And so I want to see his struggles and getting the concept of being born again. And this is a good example of overthinking something that Jesus says. So there's a lot of verses here. I'm going to just run through these and read them real quick. So John 3, 1 through 21. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher that came from God. For no one can see these, these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And then Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and, and, and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, 
and you hear the sound of it but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If, and notice he says our witness. I think that's kind of interesting. If, if I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man who was in heaven, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whatever believes in him, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's just, Everybody knows that one. For God did not send his Son into the, into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone part, um, practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light and his deeds may be clearly seen, and they have been done in God. Nicodemus's first response to being born again to this terminology is to ask, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Now, and now I can understand. It's, I, I believe this could be a legitimate statement. He's never heard this stuff before. There's no context here. He doesn't know who Jesus is really at this very moment. He doesn't understand that he's standing right there before the Son of God. He doesn't really have a, a concept that Jesus is actually talking about himself at that very moment. <laughs> he's like, hey, he gave his only begotten son. He's actually standing there. The only begotten son is standing there going, hey, I'm going to go through this for you. And, and Nicodemus just doesn't really catch this. So, so I, I, can, I can see this statement coming from, but, but Nick knowing that Jesus is a teacher, right, that has come from God, one would think that he would be more open to understanding what Jesus is trying to tell him. Jesus goes on to explain himself a little, a little deeper. One who is born of the flesh is flesh, natural birth, and one who is born of the spirit is spirit, spiritual birth, and even tells Nick not to marvel at the terminology of born again and explains that the spirit is kind of like the wind, and Nick still can't grab the concept. So Jesus tells him, you are a man of study, and you can't get this? <laughs> and I think it's funny because basically what's going on is Nicodemus is really overthinking this whole process and this whole understanding of who Jesus is and, and he's standing right before him and, he, and he's asking I believe he's asking the right questions well can, can I jump back in my mama no you cannot jump back in your mama that's not what I'm talking about it, it, it's a, a, a spiritual rebirth so the terminology born again comes from that this is the process of overthinking and when it comes to the things of God and the truths that are in the word of God that will sometimes boggle our minds that's really one of these things right here. And the, the Trinity is one of those things. But that is when we have to say to ourselves, I'm willing to accept something beyond my normal thinking. And that's what Nicodemus had to do here. He had to go, hey, you know what? I'm going to have to try to understand this beyond my normal thinking so that I can accept it 
And Jesus says in verse 12, I have told you earthly things and you do not believe. How will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? And so we have to have an understanding that there's a difference between the earthly realm and the spiritual realm and the things that ha- that we think we understand may not technically be what is everything. So how do I understand the things that come from heaven? The reality is understanding and believing are actually two different things. And here's a good a good example. If we take out our cell phone, <laughs> Do we actually know how that dumb thing works? Like right now, I'm actually recording on my cell phone the video that you guys might be watching if you're watching on YouTube, which reminds me, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like, share, and uh, ring the bell so that you know when my next video pops up. <laughs> so does anybody know how this dumb thing actually works? Most of us don't even have a clue of how this thing functions on its inside and how small the things are and how powerful the things are that are inside our cell phone. But we just trust that it works and we use it every day and probably not even to its full potential. And we want to find out about a feature on our phone. What do we do? We go and find out how to do it. We, we, we Google it. We, we, we ask our friends, how does this happen? We, we, we go break out the manual. Some phones actually come with manuals. iPhones really don't. But we, we, so we have to learn how to use the apps that are available inside there. And when it comes to the things of God and understanding the things that, that Jesus talks about, we are able to actually go into the word in the same concept. So if we don't grab hold of what something that God's telling us, that's what the word is there for so that we could have an understanding of what it is. We don't have to overthink it. We can go into the Bible and check out the applications of life that are inside there for us to download and accept and use. And sometimes in these things, we don't need to have complete understanding. We just have to know that it is possible. <laughs> In verse 16 in John, it's, it, um, the one of the most famous verses in the Bible is when you hear the plan of salvation directly from the horse's mouth. It is so simple that most people will argue about what it really means to a great extent. And the verses above it and below it are exactly the answers to all the questions. So even if you have a thinking mind and have difficulty wrapping it around spiritual things, Read these verses, 15 through 21. One of the biggest questions when it comes to salvation is why does God decide whether or not I go to heaven? If we've read this right, it says that we are already condemned, which means we are given the choice to believe. God did not come to condemn. Jesus did not come to condemn. He came to give an option. We are already in that state. And that option is to stay where we are right now in whatever stuff we're in, our worldly thinking, our worldly way of doing things, the things that we were brought up in, or to choose him and have an opportunity for eternal life. And I know it's hard, but we don't overthink the things of God. They are things of God, and he makes the impossible possible. And when we understand that God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit are all the same people in one, We can come to the understanding that everything in the Bible comes from God. It's executed by Jesus and formed by the Holy Spirit. It is all the same voice. And when we grab hold of that voice and are willing to listen, learn, and understand, we will find ourselves making a shift in how we interact with God. We shift from a position of a dedicated follower to a devoted believer. And that is willing to do and be all that we can 
before Jesus on this earth. Right on, right on. Right on.